You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selig. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. My new best friend today is Gary Barta, athletic director at the University of Iowa. We discuss his background and how he made his way from Minnesota to Iowa. We will dig into the university's recent athletic successes and areas for growth. Gary shares his thoughts on the new name, image, and likeness regulations for student-athletes. And we chat about how Gary strives for his student-athletes to win, graduate, and do it right. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank, a community bank since 1893, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Well, welcome to the uh, new Tomsley podcast. Uh, my new best friend today is Gary Barda, Director of Athletics at the University of Iowa. And we'll learn more about who Gary is and what's happening in Iowa Athletics. So, Gary, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here and uh, have the honor of being your best friend for a day. I, we've known each other for probably the 17 <laughs> years I've been here, yep. but uh, uh, great to be here. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I guess I always think of you as the new athletic director, but you've been here for a few years. Is that uh, yeah, how many years have you been here? 17 years, and uh, it seems like yesterday in some ways, and it seems like a lifetime in other ways, but my family and I have loved it from the day we arrived. Oh, great. Well, uh, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, where'd you grow up, and uh, how'd you get to, I guess you went to North Dakota State. Give us a little background here. I grew up in are. the Twin Cities area, Minneapolis, uh, and you know a few locations there. Burnsville, for those that drive up and down I-35 from sixth grade on. And then I had the opportunity to go play football and go to school at North Dakota State University. Started my career there. And then I moved on down to northern Iowa and mm-hmm. was at UNI, met my wife there, went out to Seattle, University of Washington, and uh, my kids were born there and then Wyoming, and then here for 17 yeah. years. So that's 35 years in a nutshell, and, and then I did grow up in the Twin Cities, and my family are all still from uh, the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Okay, anyway, North Dakota State, I know you played a little bit of quarterback, but there's some great teams. You were Division II champions, right, a couple of years? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was uh, one of those. I was a member of some great teams. I wasn't a star, but uh, just had an awesome experience. Uh, we won three national championships wow. while I was there, so um, it's kind of fun to, you know, some of my best friends going back in life are, are from that era. You know, we talk all the time about college athletics, and you formulate these incredible friendships at this point in your life, and I stay in touch and am close to a lot of them still today. That's great. Well, let's talk about uh, Iowa Athletics and your program and your motto. But, uh, it's win, do it right, and graduate. Is that right? It and is what, those what, three things. We, we say it in the uh, win, graduate, do it right order. Okay. And one of the things I'm so excited about, you know, every organization has a value statement. Uh, one of the things I appreciate is we created that about 15 years ago. And I think if you ask most people in the community, most people, uh, our student athletes, most of our staff, they can recite that back. And they can talk about what that means to them. And for me, what it means is 
every time in every sport we step out there, we want to win. Now, at the same time, not at all cost. In other words, at the same time, every student athlete that comes to Iowa, we want them to graduate. And while we're trying to win every event and graduate every student, I want to make sure we're all dedicated to doing it the right way. So I have this stool in my office, and it's a three-legged stool. And the concept is you, you have to care about all three of those equally. And if you don't, if one of the legs of the stool is is lower and doesn't have the same balance, the stool tips over. So win, graduate, do it right, and care about all three of those equally. Oh, good. That's a, it's a simple motto, but it does make sense, and I do remember it. I mean, it does. It's, um, I, I guess, the first thing. You know, no one's perfect, and people could criticize you at times, but the one thing we don't do here, we haven't had any, any cheating scandals. I mean, I, mean, I mean, you know, in the sense of, you know, we're, yeah, I guess um, – I guess, especially in college, men's college basketball, the rumor was, was well, some schools don't follow all the rules. So anyway, it's, I guess we do. So that's, that's part of life. And I, 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 I'm, as a Hawkeye fan, I'm proud of that, by the way. Well, and as the athletic director, I'm proud of it. And yeah. we, we do recruit staff and coaches and student athletes uh, who, who care about that, who, who represent and want to, want to go about their business that way. And you, you said it just a moment ago. Are we perfect? No, we'll never be perfect. Will we win every single time? No. Will we graduate every student athlete? <laughs> no. Um, will we make mistakes? Of course we will. But if everybody, I, I meet with every staff member. We have 250 staff. And every time someone comes on board new, I sit down with them. I want to get to know them. Uh, I want to make sure I, you know, as I see them in the hallway, I know they work for us. And I want to sit down with them and tell them what win, graduate, do it right stands for. And I, my, my parting words to them are, you will make mistakes. I do every day. But when you do, don't lie, don't cover it up, and I promise you we're going to be in a great position. So right. that's, that's kind of how we go about it. Well, it's impressive. Well, let's try to at least briefly summarize the success of the program generally. I mean, we certainly know football is pretty good, men's basketball, women's basketball. But give us a summary of what, you know, I mean, all this track and field or gymnastics – brag a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, it's, it's probably out of our character in Iowa to brag, um, but we do try to remind people the, the, the depth of our success. Um, you know, there's a statistic that's been out and about uh, just recently. In the last three years, there's only one university in America, and it's Iowa, whose football team has uh, been gone to a bowl game, whose men's basketball team has gone to the NCAA tournament, and whose women's basketball team has gone to the uh, NCAA tournament. One team, one program in America has done that. And then to your point, uh, the depth. When you look at wrestling, uh, women's gymnastics, uh, track and field, soccer, baseball, softball, uh, and, and I'm going to miss some. Just Well, just yeah. yesterday, rowing. Uh, was back in the top 20, ranked 19th in the country. And, and we won several Big Ten championships in the last uh, three or four years. I think somewhere between 12 and 15 Big Ten championships. Certainly everybody is uh, incredibly focused on the women's basketball program finishing second in America, the highest finish in our history. Wrestling finished second in America. So uh, just and, and then we talk about you know whether it's coaches of the year, or players of the year. Imagine, and I know everybody knows this that's probably listening to the podcast, Megan Gustafson, National Player of the Year. Luca Garza, National Player of the Year. Spencer Lee, the number one wrestler in the country. And now Caitlin Clark, National Player of the Year. In Here in Iowa City, Iowa, it's just, uh, 
it's extraordinary. So it's it's yeah. been fun. Uh, one of the biggest challenges moving forward is we got to keep that going. You know, the, it's really hard to get toward the top. It's even harder to stay there. No, it's it is amazing. The especially these outstanding athletes we have. So it's um, and they're all just quality people too. You know, watch this: Keeler, Spencer, Lee. These these are these are quality people. Yeah, I again, it goes back to when our coaches recruit student athletes, when we recruit coaches or staff, our goal, again, we're not perfect, but our goal is to bring someone here. By the time they're qualified to work at, uh, in Iowa athletics, they probably have a lot of proven success. You know, they've probably had success in other places. So we know they, they've proven, they know how to win. Uh, they can show us their track rec- record, their commitment to graduating. And then we have to make sure that they fit uh, with our value system about doing it the right way. And so we have a pretty good track record of that. Some of our coaches have been here. You know, we have great consistency in leadership. Kirk's been here 24 years. Lisa Bluter's been here 23 years. Uh, Fran's the new kid on the block in that equation, and he's only, quote, unquote, been here for 12 years. I've been here for 17 years. Tom Brands has been here for, I think, 17 years. Mm So... Um, and, and then you can go through Larissa Libby, who's taken our gymnastics program to the NCAAs. Every year she's been a ho- head coach. She's been a head coach for 19 years. She's been here for 20-plus years, 22 years. So um, consistency in leadership, when we recruit somebody to come here, oftentimes they fall in love and stay. Now I'm with you. It's, it's an amazing program. Some of my friends think we should be doing better. I say, well, it's going, it's going pretty well. You know, there are, there are like, what, are there 14 schools in the Big Ten or – or soon 14, to be, soon to be 16. Yeah, soon to be 16. So all those people are trying to win, and some are in better markets, they have bigger budgets. So it's just, yeah, I know. We, we, there's no excuses. We're, we're, we're competing, and we should be proud of it, and we should enjoy it. So I know. Well, I, you mentioned uh, budgets, and sometimes it's good to give that perspective. I mean, a lot of the people against whom we compete, both in the Big Ten and then nationally, uh, right now Iowa's budget out of 14 schools is seventh. So we're – we're the seventh-sized budget in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. We're not number one. We're not number two. You can imagine Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State, those larger programs, uh, have bigger budgets than we do. That's okay. That's not. Um, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying financially that's where we sit. So, you know, we're looking for we, – we talk about in recruiting a student athlete. A lot of times we recruit somebody. Maybe they're not a five-star, but they develop – into a, a terrific player. Uh, same with our staff. We bring somebody in and they, they, they want to win, graduate, do it right. Sometimes we have to do that with less, and that's okay. I think it's, it's kind of a, a fun way to go about your business. Yeah, before I, we move off this that topic, sir, well, let's talk about your um, graduation success rate. I read somewhere it's 89%. What, what is that? And, you know, uh, it, it's, it's accurate, right? It's, it's accurate. Uh, we've been hovering right around 90%. We've been maybe a percentage over 90, a percentage below 90. But what that means is when a son or daughter of, of a parent says, I want to go to Iowa, uh, they come here. If they finish their eligibility in their sport at Iowa, 90% of them are going to walk out with a degree. And you can say, well, what about the other 10%? Well, the other 10%, maybe they, uh, you know, maybe they went to the NFL early or maybe they transferred or um, – or, or maybe it just it didn't work out, but the vast majority graduate, 90%. Uh, we wish 100% of them right. would walk out of here with a degree. And by the way, if they leave and then change their mind later, 
Uh, at any time when somebody leaves our program, if they want to come back and finish their degree, we'll pay for that because it's a lifetime commitment to us. If you become a Hawkeye and for some reason you leave here without a degree, we hope you'll come back at some point in your life and finish up. That's impressive. Very impressive. Well, let's talk about um, building plans and capital improvements and what's going on now and uh, what's, uh, what's on the drawing boards generally. Well, before we kind of peek at what's current and what's going uh, forward, just reminding ourselves, you know, to your point of all the things that have happened, and it's uh, so much in part to our great support, but, you know, renovating Kinnick Stadium in that new, new north end zone. And over the years, just a couple of years ago, we built a new soccer facility. And uh, we continue to try to invest to give our student-athletes uh, the best training opportunities and competitive opportunities. So, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars have been invested uh, you know, just in the last 20 years. Right now, we're in the midst of a couple big projects. I think everybody who drives by Carver Hawkeye Arena sees the new wrestling <laughs> right. training center. As Tom uh, set us on the course, he wanted to have and will have the best training center, not just in America, but in the world for wrestling. And so we're real excited about that. Um, that money was raised. Uh, donors have put up that money, and it's uh, it's going well. It's scheduled to be done by the fall of 24, so we have one uh, more year that we have to train and compete without it, but eventually we'll open that up. Uh, we have another facility that's going to be breaking ground uh, this fall, and that's a gymnastics spirit squad training center. So we're going to be uh, breaking ground on that, and we have some initial contributions toward that. And then we have plans. You know, we, we like every organization, we do master planning. Yeah. And so we have plans going into the future. Uh, a field hockey uh, facility that's similar to what we've done in soccer. Uh, we're looking at uh, what are we going to do in baseball. You know, we're looking at renovating that stadium and out raising money for that. Uh, we're looking at so a volleyball training center. We're looking at uh, also we're we're looking at Carver Hawkeye Arena. You know, when we built the additions to Carver with the practice facilities and all the other things we did several years ago, one of the things we're looking at now is how do we take Carver Hawkeye Arena and upgrade it for the fans and that fan experience. We put in a wonderful $7 million video board a few years back, mm -hmm. new sound system. Now we're going to look at the seating bowl and more premium seating and kind of updating that. It's been an incredible facility since the 1980s when it was built, uh, and we're looking at what what should we do moving forward to enhance the fan experience further. So there's always plans. Yeah. Uh, I tell my mm -hmm. staff, vision without resources is irrelevant. So we have great vision. Now we just have to figure out the resources <laughs> to make that relevant. But your donors have been very supportive. Your, your Incredibly. staff fundraising, it's, it's amazing. The wrestling thing is the example. Of course, women's wrestling will be, be in there too. That's, yeah, we're excited that's about yeah. that program getting started. But you, you said something that I'm, I'm going to expand on a little bit. Um, and you know, I say publicly all the time, Hawkeye fans are the best in the country. Probably most athletic directors say that. But again, the facts back it up. If you look at a year ago, every football game sold out. Every wrestling match sold out. And both of those sold out before the season started. We had several men's basketball games sell out. We had women's basketball games selling out. And, and that's a, a relatively new phenomena. And in women's basketball, uh, we, we put on sale when we announced the first round of the NCAA tournament coming to Iowa City. Within an hour, uh, those two games were sold out. And then our fans followed us to Seattle and Dallas. And then, you know, on the donation side, so that's just the attendance side. On the donation side, 
you know, we're averaging about $55 million a year that we're raising for scholarships, for endowments, and absolutely for facilities. We built the soccer uh, facility just a couple of years ago, 100% funded by donations. The wrestling facility, 100% funded by donations. And then you go back, you know, that north end zone, combination of ticket sales and mm -hmm. donations. So we're, um, we're very blessed. We're very fortunate. We don't take it for granted, but we do have the best fans in America. No, it's, it's impressive. Um, let's talk about uh, fundraising, NIL and, and the fundraising. It gets a little confusing. I'm, I'm, I support the athletic department. I, 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 I support them initially. But it's, it, that money is, doesn't go to you. That's going to this other group, right? How, and how does that work as NIL and that? That process well, they're, they're, what, what, what they can do and they can't do is according to the rules. Yeah, we're in the midst of sea change in college athletics. And I, that doesn't, I'm not afraid of change at all. Uh, we're, we're still in the middle of it, though. And sometimes I feel like we're, we're redesigning the plane while it's in flight. Everybody right. knows that, um, you know, that, that comparison. Uh, and what I mean by that is we have been adding more and more to what we provide student athletes in financial support. You know, the traditional full scholarship, which was tuition, room, and board. We've made changes over the years. We now can provide them much more in terms of food, mm -hmm. in terms of assisting families when they have emergencies. We've added something called the Alston payment, which is an educational uh, uh, contribution, financial support back to students where 5980, which is a number, $5,980 that <laughs> came from the court systems, but we can now provide uh, student athletes with up to $5,900 in uh, additional money on top of their scholarship. Something called cost of attendance was passed a few years ago. It allows us to give another $4,000 to student athletes on top of their tuition room and board. So that's been changing over the last mm -hmm. five years. And then most recently, name, image, and likeness. The ability for student athletes to go out and receive additional money from their name, image, and likeness. Probably the best example we have right now is Caitlin Clark. You know, with all the success she's earned, and I say earned because it's all, you know, she's doing it. She's having opportunities that a few years ago, prior to name, image, and likeness, wouldn't have been available to her. She's now able to earn money off of her name, image, and likeness. That goes, that's a, a high-level example, but it goes all the way down to a student athlete who says, I'm a Hawkeye uh, mm -hmm. tennis player. And I want to, for a couple thousand dollars, I want to go back in the summer and give tennis lessons at my club back home. That didn't used to be allowed, and mm -hmm. now it is. And so now you you have this this world that it it's not perfect. You know, there are certainly accusations that there are people cheating in this world. Um, but at Iowa, we have a group called the Swarm. And it's made up of uh, a group that started, Brad Heinrich started it, and he brought in other people to create this opportunity for people to donate to people's name, image, and likeness and get that into the hands of the student-athletes. That came about because the NCAA doesn't allow athletic departments to do that. It has to be done outside. And so thankfully, there's a group of people who are doing that. The Swarm is is the most known collective. There are other groups that are, are providing support outside to our student-athletes. Is that model sustainable? We ask that question on a daily basis. I think it will evolve. I think eventually the sustainable model has a little bit more involvement in athletic departments. 
so that people could, the confusion you mentioned. Right now, people are making donations to the swarm, and we're grateful that they are. They also make donations to the athletic department. We're grateful that they are. Maybe someday, hopefully soon, you'll be able to make a contribution to the department that can go for either one of those purposes, and we're still trying to figure out how that's going to work. And I know that's we could talk for a couple of hours about <clears throat> name, image, and likeness. We could talk about the transfer portal. We could talk about, you know, we now have a new NCAA president. We have a new Big Ten commissioner. So there's all this change going on. It's going to find its way. You know, at the end of the day, I keep reminding our staff and, and our fans, hang in there. You know, at the end of the day, here's what's not going to change. A young person who loves the sport they play, they grow up, they play it, and then they want to go to a great university to play that sport at the highest level and earn a degree. We're going to keep offering that at Iowa, win, graduate, do it right, no matter where the rules change and modify. So we just have to, while we're getting there, uh, it can be a little clunky, but it seems like so far we've done okay because we're still winning, graduating, and doing it right. No, it's, it is a bit confusing, though. But it's, uh, it yeah, is. Yeah, but it's... And we're trying to clarify that that confusion mm-hmm. wherever we can. We, we have an education process with our student-athletes. Imagine this. Now that student-athletes can earn this additional income, uh, maybe they've never dealt with a, a tax, a 1099, because sure. yeah. they're not employees of the, through this. Yeah. They're, they're getting money in a 1099 format. And so let's say that we have student-athletes who are being provided a service or, a, or something other than cash and they have to realize that at some point in well, I think I guess it was yesterday or whenever it was, you know, in April, that oh, yeah, right. the, the taxes had to be paid. Well, we're sitting down with our student athletes and we're talking to them about taxes. We're talking to them about a savings account. We're talking to them about investments. You know, should they start investing? So, it's it's just a changing world, and we're going to continue to try to help educate. Well, good. Well, let's talk about yourself personally. Do you have? Um do you have any hobbies? Do you know, do you, uh, what, what do you do in your spare time? Do you attend movies, watch TV shows, go on vacation? What's who are you? Well, who I am is uh, I, I family is is incredibly important to me, and I'm very blessed. I have a wife of 28 years, Connie, and she and I met when I was at the University of Northern Iowa. So she's originally from the Waterloo Cedar Falls area, and then uh, she agreed to move around the country with me a little bit. Uh, we went to Seattle. In Seattle, we were there for seven years. Both my son and my daughter were born, uh, Luke and Maddie. And uh, then we went to Wyoming, and they went to school there. And now for the last 17 years, uh, Luke and Maddie have grown up here. They're both proud graduates of the University of Iowa, so we're thrilled about that. Uh, We encourage them to look at other schools, and both of them in their own way said, why would I go somewhere else? We have one of the greatest universities in the country right now, and I want to be a Hawkeye. So... We're grateful that that was their decision, and they both still live in town. Uh, my daughter just graduated, so she's kind of getting her feet under her with her career, and my son has lived here for a few years and done a few different uh, startup uh, opportunities. So right now we're blessed. They're healthy. They're living in town, and uh, Connie was really excited in her family when we moved away to Seattle and Wyoming. Uh, the fact that we were able to come back an hour and a half from where she grew up and then my family uh, all live in the Twin Cities area, Minneapolis. So it's been this, I get to do what I most want to do at the highest level of my profession and do it in the backyard of both of our families. That's pretty darn good. No, that's that's great. 
Uh, I think at one point you're involved with the Bible study. You're still do, is doing that. That's Absolutely. A, yeah. You're we, uh, I've got a few different groups that faith is really important to me, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'm I'm careful in one way in that I understand I'm in a leadership position of a state institution, but what I'm not careful about is anybody who wants to hear uh, what I believe. I'm very open about my faith. Uh, my Christian faith, and then you know, have great friendships with some other leaders. We have a 6 a.m. on Friday, we have a men's Bible study, and then we've got couples that we get together with, so it's, it's a big part of my life. Uh, you asked about hobbies. Uh, when I'm not working and when I'm not hanging out with my family, I, I love the outdoors. So whether it's fishing, I do that occasionally, golfing, um, I used to be decent at it. I'm not as decent, but I sure <laughs> love doing it. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoy that. We we enjoy hiking, uh, my family and I. So uh, love being outdoors. Well, good. Well, let's talk about um, Iowa football. Uh, some of my friends um, think we should be doing better. I think we're doing quite well personally. But um, last year, the as we know, the offense wasn't perfect, and there you know you were I guess technically Brian Ferentz's boss, and there's some view that ticket sales this year would be dropping because we don't score enough points. Give us the update on Iowa football ticket sales in this fall. Well, the first thing I would say in reaction to what you started by saying is that you you think we're doing well, and you have friends that think we have to get a lot better. And my first response would be, you're both right. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, um, wow, Kirk has, under his tenure, has given us incredible memories and incredible success. When you look at our peers, uh, you know, it's it's really amazing what he's been able to do. At the same time, because of all that success, we all want more. We all want not eight wins. We want to win the Big Ten championship. We want to win the national championship. We want to get into the college football playoff. By the way, I want that. Kirk wants that. Brian wants that. Everybody involved in that program wants that. So so that's fair. Our offense, what did you say? We weren't all that good last year. We really were poor last year. And, and everybody... It's not a secret, and it's not as though we don't care, and it's not as though we aren't focused on making that better. Um, at the end of the day, if you look at our offense, historically, Kirk's philosophy has, has, has served us incredibly well. It's a ball control offense that then allows us, through special teams and defense, to be in almost every game right. and then win most of them. That's, that's the way we've gone about it. Very public certainly the fact that the offense didn't do well. Um, There were certainly people who believed that Brian should have been fired. I understand that. Because of Brian's relationship to Kirk, that creates extra complication at the end of the day. Whenever at the University of Iowa, in a state situation, whenever there is employment of a family member, we have to have a plan and submit that plan to campus. Uh, That plan includes Brian working directly with me as athletic director. Brian and I we meet and talk um, throughout the year. I'm, I'm never going to tell Brian which offense to run. That's the head coach's job. But Brian and I do talk about performance. We have performance evaluations. Of course, he and I talked about where we needed to improve. Brian, Kirk, and myself have many conversations, but they're personnel conversations. And so the, 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 in, in, um, in some respects, they're private. The public part, you know, people are, are aware of. At the end of the day, I'm excited about where we're at, where we're headed. I think, you know, we've made some, we've brought in some new student athletes. Uh, the returning group we have coming back, I think, give us a great chance 
to have success on offense. I think our offensive line is going to be strong coming back, some of our skill position players. So I'm very enthusiastic heading into this year. And our fans, you know, while there certainly was a lot of angst, and I, I'm not uh, ignoring that, but I'm really excited. You know, so far in ticket sales, we're here in April, and 90% of our season ticket holders have already renewed. That's impressive. And we have a couple thousand new requests for season tickets. So not taking it for granted. Not, I don't have my head uh, buried in the sand. We're all trying to address, you know, how do we get better and improve? Uh, but thankfully, uh, Hawkeye fans are continuing to respond. I know Kirk, I know Brian, and I know that entire staff are working every day. I just went out and watched a little spring ball. Um, you know, I'm excited, and uh, we'll, we'll as the summer goes on, we'll get ready to see what 2023 brings. Well, I'm excited too. Let's talk about um, you talk about ticket sales stuff, or the women's basketball situation that. Um, the demand's too high, right? Where you're, is that? No, it's not too high. Okay. <laughs> I, I will never say uh, it, we, we want that demand. We're excited. We're grateful for that demand. What, what you're referring to is right after, on the heels of uh, playing in the national championship, we had 7,000 requests to get season tickets next year. We paused that. And the reason we paused it is because, number one, uh, we haven't started selling season tickets yet. That comes, there, you know, it's actually sure. a ways down the road. The reason we paused it is because we have to make sure, number one, we take care of our current season ticket holders, and so we'll go through a process of renewal, and we'll make sure That's we That's me. I want to be sure I get my tickets back. Okay. So you are you should be glad we paused it. Good. Um, the demand <laughs> is not too high, uh, but pausing it so that we can make sure we regroup we take care of the season ticket holders. We have to provide so many for visiting teams. We have to be prepared, and we want to, if we get the opportunity, to host again. And you have to have a certain number of tickets available in a host situation for non-season tickets. And so we're going through that process. So as time goes on, um, our point system, our renewal process, all of that will be in place. And yes, those people who have uh, jumped ahead quickly and said, I want to be a part of it, uh, we're going to make as many of those people a part of it as we can. If if supply um, is less than demand, that'll be a great situation. We've run into it in football. We've run into it in mm -hmm. wrestling, and uh, you know because of great success of Coach Bluter and and certainly Caitlin's run and who's coming back, um, I'm, I'm excited. We'll run into it again. I said it earlier. Hawkeye fans are the best fans in America. Yeah. This is just another example of that. No, it's 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 exciting. Well, good. Uh, let's. Uh, my last question goes back to um, the Big Ten's expanding with USC UCLA. I'm as a old time Hawkeye fan. It's sort of sad things have changed, but I personally I'm excited they're they're joining. It's the world has changed. You know the TV markets. Tell us how all that fits together. And that is that a year away they're coming. Yeah, the, the competitions will begin in 2024, the fall of 2024. And that sounds like a long way off, but we have a lot of work to do. Whenever you integrate new members uh, of a conference, it's there's a lot of work to do across all the sports. You you and I, you know, I, we mentioned when we were not on the air, change can be uncomfortable. You know, whether it's changing ath college athletics, whether it's changing the makeup of our conference, and we're adding two teams from the West Coast, that's different. And it's, you know, it can be uncomfortable. I'm excited as well because change occurs, and I'm not afraid of change. 
And if you look at it from the perspective, the Big Ten now has um, a presence in the three largest television markets in America, New York, Chicago, and L.A. And, and all the universities that, are, that we've brought on over the years, they're major research institutions. Um, they they uh, apply and are committed to the win, graduate, do it right. Uh, and they provide some really incredible opportunities for our student athletes to go out and play on the West Coast, to play on the East Coast, and everything in between. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited. It, it will be challenging. You know, if you we have to work through if if your team flies out and plays on West Coast time, it's a little bit more challenging to come back and when's the next time you compete, uh, making sure missed class time. You know, we don't we don't ignore that. Uh, you know, and then the next week you're out on the East Coast and have to come back, and all that's being considered as we put these uh, schedules together. Yeah, well, I guess changes here, but it's still it, it's still exciting. I think it's going to be. Uh, Fun now, one quick question on football. We have divisions now, but there's there's some stories. Is that going to go away? You think we're going to have one big conference? Or? Well, I'm not going to break any news today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the, uh, there is a lot of discussion mm-hmm. about divisions going away, and I've said publicly that that is a high likelihood. We're still working through what does that look like if we don't have divisions. There's some advantages to divisions. You know, I've always appreciated and enjoyed. Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, sure. Illinois, Northwestern, you know, the, the kind of that side of the equation. At the same time, we want to make sure as the college football playoff expands from four to 12 teams, as we look at the future, that uh, the Big Ten is positioned to get as many teams into that playoff as we can. So what's the best format there? We now have uh, UCLA and USC joining us. So uh, we're very close to finalizing what the new format might look like. Stay tuned. Uh, okay. Sometime this summer, uh, that'll all become more clear. Well, good. Well, that's exciting. I appreciate the time you've had today about what's going on here. And uh, the future, I guess, is bright. And um, I don't know. It's just changed, but it's exciting, too, I think. so. That's the best way to, to summarize. You know, win, graduate, do it right. Change can be uncomfortable, but I'm really excited about the way Iowa's positioned, the way the Big Ten is positioned. And most importantly, uh, wow, I got to be Tom's best friend for a day. That's right. Well, good. Thanks a lot, and uh, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thanks, Tom. Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.